five games on tap tonight in the National Hockey League, including the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Chicago Blackhawks. And we'll get into that. No question about that. Yes. Nick Kiprios here. Justin Bourne. Derek on tech. Semi producing once again. But JB, maybe from a league perspective, the bigger story might be Boston and Florida, where we expect Joel Quenville to be behind the bench. He he took some questions today, but before he could be asked the obvious, he had this to say. All right, uh, before we get started, I just want to let you know that tomorrow I'll be meeting with Gary Bettman. I look forward to continuing to contribute to the process. I know I respect you all doing your jobs and having uh, your questions as well here, but uh, I won't comment any further to the appropriate time after I, I meet with the commissioner. JB, I am shocked. He will be behind the bench tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I am too. I am too. It feels like uh, maybe that should be on hiatus till he has that chit chat and they get things sorted out. These are pretty, uh, pretty large. I don't even want to call them accusations after the investigation. I don't exactly know how you frame them, but it's a pretty big deal. And it's, it's something to allow this guy to continue on. Um, you know, I, I had heard someone say something like, you know, he doesn't try not to be a distraction. It's like, didn't, isn't that how we got here in the first place? Like sometimes you need to be a distraction to do the right thing. Maybe this guy should just sit out a couple. I don't understand the delay. Who's got more pressing issues today? So along with the meeting for Joel with Gary Bettman tomorrow, Kevin Cheveldayoff, who was one of, what, five executives in the meeting where they were made aware of the allegations in 2010. Kevin will have a meeting on Monday. Mm -hmm. But where is... Where's the sense of urgency? What is bigger and more important than this story? For me, JB, having Joel Quenville behind the bench tonight is telling everybody that the game is bigger than this story. Mm-hmm. And isn't, isn't that the very reason why the NHL's in this mess right now? Mm-hmm. No, it, it absolutely is. It is a little confounding. Um, you know, the, the story is a long way from, from over. Obviously, the investigation came out, and uh, Quenville and Shevel Dayoff being the big names uh, still linked to it. I, I did see someone say some, some commentary. It's like, funny how everyone's still involved in the NHL can't remember a thing about what happened at the time, but all the people who are done or not tied to the league have uh, more vivid memories of everything. It's a little convenient, a little uncomfortable, and uh, it's a bad look for the league. And frankly, the $2 million fine's a bad look for the league too. Um, you might, might've wanted to err on the side of a too heavy with this one, given the Blackhawks selling out 525 games in a row uh, leading up to recent weeks. So not, not a great look all around. It, kind of pales in comparison to maybe Arizona's when how, how is there not draft picks involved how does Arizona end up losing first round picks mm-hmm. for violating uh prospects uh being tested before they're allowed to it also feels like they came down with this fine before they talked to Quenville and Shevel Dayoff it feels like there's more information to be gathered there so uh, yeah, d- disappointing so far. Um, you know, it was impressive that the investigation was so thorough and the Blackhawks seemed to have let it go without getting in the way, but uh, th- this aspect of it from the NHL side has not been impressive. Would Tonight's game, Florida and, and Boston, is in Florida. Mm-hmm. Y- you think they would have thought twice about putting Joel behind the bench if it was on the road? Like... I don't, what kind of response is the National Hockey League not worried about the response of having him behind the 
the bench. What's crazy is like if he was in Chicago still, he would definitely not be a part of the organization anymore. If Stan Bowman was asked to leave, Quenville would have been too. So I'm not sure how it makes it much different being in Florida. You know, and when I look at this overall situation, Kipper, I can't help but feel like between, you know, Shevel Day Off and Quenville, it's like with Quenville, I got a lot of questions. You know, I got a lot of questions about... I, I, don't, I don't lump both of them in, in the same category. No? No, not, not based on the evidence that uh, came out in the report. Mm-hmm. And people will have... People will be judge and jury on, on Kevin Shevel Day Off on its own. But I think there's a difference between Kevin right now and Joel. And Joel is not... It's not in the same category for me. Joel and, and Kevin aren't... I don't, based on their roles with the team when it took place? Based on, first of all, Joel being the head coach and having this, this kid on his staff. Mm-hmm. So in the report, we did hear that uh, Joel worried about the distraction, yeah. which in itself doesn't paint Joel very well. But then to understand what is already been perceived from this kid and then write a glowing recommendation letter. Yeah. That. You know, I I don't even understand. Go ahead. JB, the the recommendation on on the letter, knowing that that there's huge question marks on this guy and we're having a meeting on it. Right. Like, how do you, how does that happen? How do you how do you Joel, do that? Joel, how does that happen? How do you how do you give this guy a, a glowing recommendation to go out there and and get another job? And further to your point though, and this is along the same vein, is like at the time you find out that happens, my understanding of how a video coach works with a head coach is side by side, like shoulder to shoulder, they you know, you're working together constantly. How is he just fine with continuing to work with that guy? Like did he understand what happened? And if he did, then it just feels inexcusable to me, you know, to have carried on with this guy on the staff. As you mentioned, write a recommendation letter. That does seem, those things seem like, like I don't know, Shevel Dayoff's role. You know, I think he was the assistant GM, a, a cap-focused guy for the team at the time. Um, obviously, no one's excused. But we've been, we've been in meetings, a lot of us listening right now, you've been in meetings, and... You know, there's a pecking order in in any meeting, and I would have probably Kevin Shovel Day off as as the lowest in that meeting of who should of who have of, dealt with this, right? Yeah. So I don't know what was said, and there, there's already going to be judge and jury on Kevin on on what he knew exactly and what he was willing to report and what he wasn't willing to report. But we've been I've been in enough meetings where it's like speak when you're spoken to and you know if maybe there was a a sense from somebody in a bigger role in that room to say hey kevin just worry about your own job we've got this but we'll look after it you know it's a bad look though is after the fact him not remembering anything again you know that's for air quotes that'll be public perception people can decide on on how guilty kevin is and as we know jb in in 2021 uh, you're guilty if if you're silent mm-hmm. now. Okay, yeah. you don't get the option of just keeping your mouth shut. And we are talking about like criminal activity here. Mm-hmm. So silence isn't an option. So I don't know where it goes with Kevin Dayoff, but I know that for Joel to still write a letter of recommendation, I don't know how he coaches again. Not just with Florida. I I, I yeah. don't know. And at the very least, tonight, you don't let Joel Quenville coach. You you don't you don't do anything, Justin. You don't say um uh you're guilty or not guilty. You say we need to take a step back yeah. and have a talk here. You think he and, would want that too. And then that's all. Joel, we're just we're not suspending you. We're not fining you. We're just going to take one step back here and come in in the next few days and let's talk. Mm-hmm. That, that's what needed to happen. Why would you put him behind the bench tonight 
because you don't know what's going to happen, home or away. You don't know in this world today what you might be heading into. Mm-hmm. Like it could be Your fans and it could, do, do you want the whole building now for the next three periods to be chanting? You knew. You knew. You yeah. knew. Yeah. Like, pull them away yeah. and just Jeez. You know sort what? You know what? I out. bet they do. I, I just can't see them going ahead with him coaching a hockey game tonight. That's, I mean. Like, I, you know, I usually weigh in on the more fun matters here, boys, when we're talking about the, you know, the least power play unit and stuff like that. But I got to echo the sentiments completely here. If he coaches tonight, it's a massive mistake by the NHL. You know, yep. I just with the the stuff surrounding this guy right now, with the heat on on everywhere coming from all different angles, all sorts of different kinds of media, I don't understand how he can sit there and just coach game. You don't think the players are like the players out there are thinking about this? Right. Every single person involved with the game's thinking about this. It's just such an easy decision for Gary Bettman to call the Panthers and be like, "Not tonight, Joel." Yeah. And like Kipper's been talking about. We're going to figure this out. We're going to have a conversation. We're going to see where this goes. And I think it goes to him never coaching again, probably. But you can't have him tonight. It's just insane. Like, if he, if he becomes guilty and gets fired and he coached tonight, it's going to be similar to the, what the Gruden situation with him coaching. And that was a black mark. So mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know how they can have him coach. So I'm just glad that I got to weigh in on that, fellas. Yeah. And the, the, as far as Kevin Shovel Day off, I, I don't know what, I don't know where people stand with him. And at the end of the day, he still knew something and said nothing. I, to, are you guilty by association? If you really are trying to send a strong message here, maybe he is guilty just by association. Mm-hmm. Yeah, certainly like almost trying to cover up how it all played out as a, a poor reflection on him. It is, it's like a greater question about uh, character here for these guys too. It's like, this is, it will greatly affect how the general public will perceive these men. Quenville, I can't get over the idea that that he knew what we know now and was like, tonight, well, tell me about their penalty kill, Brad. Like, great job. You're like just cruising on ahead. What is wrong with you? I, it's pretty I, just, gross. What the, is it? Is he? Is he? In a trance, is he... It's blinded by the cup, right? Listen, hockey culture is that everything is secondary but winning. We bury everything. We, you know, broken bones, whatever it may be, you go ahead and you you do the job. It's like, you know, you wonder, like, did the culture just blind him to his own better judgment where we just, we know. You can't behave that way. They they can't have proceeded the way they did. Just an awful, awful... There's just so many things that are so wrong at so many levels and a lot of people want to give the Chicago Blackhawks some credit here for uh, what appears to be a a transparent report. Mm -hmm. And and there's certainly stuff in it that uh, certainly lends to that, but let's not forget the behavior up until this point, which I think included in July, I think, JB, where they still denied and made it clear to a lot of people in the public that this lacked merit, that they believed that the organization would be absolved of any wrongdoing. Mm -hmm. If I'm not mistaken, they promoted Stan Bowman in the summer. They actually said that he'd be the head of hockey, which was, I think, kind of that 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 soft spot that Al McIsaac had. Mm-hmm. Like, he was actually promoted during the investigation. Yeah. And I would assume that you kind of would know where it's headed a little bit. You would think so. Particularly and, if, as they say, you know, and I hate to say this, everyone knows. One of the players had said at some point. And you gave him the green light to go ahead and and do a sign and trade for Seth Jones to get Tyler Johnson. And, like, were, did they go mad? I don't know. You couldn't figure out that Stan is on his way out. And you let this behavior go on. 
And don't even get me started with USA Hockey. Where the hell are they? How, in during this investigation, does Stan Bowman get to keep acting as if nothing's going on? And that's the problem I have with Joel behind the bench. Mm-hmm. It's as if nothing is going on and we'll get to it when we get to it. No. Again, that's why you're in this mess to begin with. Yeah. One of the things that you mentioned to me before the show was uh, the, the player angle too. Like we talked about dominoes. You know, do you, do you want to, I guess just ask the question, who knew what when? Because, you know, we heard the comment from the players of like, well, everyone knew about it. And the finding found that like of the 14 players they talked to, six said that they had no knowledge of the event. So not everyone knew. But just quick math, that's over half the people they talked to that did. You know, where are we on that? Alex DeBrinkett, I think, came out with some comments. and uh, uh, But people are still waiting for uh, the guys that are actually there. And we know who the two biggest names are there. Mm-hmm. Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. Yeah. And at some point, they're going to have to address this people want answers well that's where we're at here is we're just we i feel like we have way more questions than we did as often happens with these sort of things um De- when we knew nothing debrinkit said today probably a change that needed to happen probably a good thing that we parted ways so and i, mean, I know that colleton had less well-received yeah. remarks about like you know bowman's a good guy yeah. and the guy i know what you know like what do we voice yeah and that's again uh, I think Jonathan Taves needed before anybody like the Brinkett and everybody's got a lot of time for him. And what he said was significant, good on him, but Jonathan Taves needed to go first. Either Is there legal statement. concerns there though? And I think, isn't he and Kane, aren't they both in the COVID protocol? Uh, the, so they they're, are, they're, they're not, are, yeah. they're not, I don't know if they're, I don't know how that works media oh, wise, God, but, hate... but you could get on a zoom yeah. probably like, I, you know, I, I don't really know how that works with the league or whatnot, but like they're both in the protocol. So that's the only maybe perspective why they haven't spoken. But I mean, that doesn't really excuse it. I don't think, I think this is a pretty big deal. Yeah. Well said. Well, I, you just, you look back in the mistakes that were made and um, it's, it is a crazy world out there, and, you know, you're never truly going to stop bad behavior out of people. And You can sure discourage it by punishing it when it shows up, though. 100%. More than 2 million bucks. Yeah. 100%. But, like, the, the mistake wasn't stopping the behavior. The real mistake was, what did you do? as soon as you found out. Mm-hmm. And that is the biggest issue right now. You can't control certain people's... Agreed. Like, look, look at our uh, Rogers right now. How many people are under this roof right now? Like, who knows what's going on behind the scenes somewhere? Right. And, you, and, and as a corporation or the Chicago Blackhawks, you can't watch everybody all the time. But certainly when the moment you find out that's when you're judged. Yeah, they end up being defining moments. And I tell you what, the moment they sh- they heard of this behavior, that's when you go get that's when you go get advice, real advice. Like, oh, I don't know, going to HR who might have HR. some HR. Um and yeah, I mean, you assume that when you tell a boss that the boss will do the right thing, and in this case that that didn't happen, but man, if if Joel just would have had better advice back then, and that's, you he know. He just would have said, I'm not working with a scumbag. Just somebody, but somebody needed to tell him that. Somebody said, Joel. Yeah, um, get no, this guy no, out of here. N- n- no glowing uh, uh, letter of reference. <laughs> yeah. How about there? Just yeah. no, 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 no. I mean, it's just. Aldrich walked away with 20 grand severance, a $15,000 playoff bonus. And a, a letter of recommendation is name on the cup. That's, how, that's, that's, how, that's, how do you feel good about that? How does that happen? That, that's great. how does that happen? All right, um, enough. Can yep. we yes. pull it back on the ice? Leafs. <laughs> oh, where are they, who are the Leafs playing tonight? Oh my God! 
Okay, like if if the you're universe, the, if, man. if you're the Leafs right now, could you have not giving given me another team yeah. at this point? Who's you know? <laughs> can you throw me the Habs again or something? So, Try them again. It doesn't matter who. How about Arizona? Yeah. Honestly, I think they'd probably rather play the best team in the league. Maybe not them, but maybe like the St. Louis Blues or somebody who's rolling right now as opposed the to The best this. team in the league? Florida? Yeah, is that's, that who that's, they want? that's why I stopped talking about that as well. So, just, oh, God. Yeah. Two brutal. wounded animals on the ice. We're going to find out how two teams can lose one hockey game. Stay tuned. <laughs> What's the Leafs' biggest issue right now? Let's listen to Jason Spezza. And find out. I think every team that hasn't won, there's a fr- there's a fragile aspect to them, and I know that, that you know you, it's been talking. That word has been used by you know, a lot of people, but I don't think we're a fragile group. But I think we're a group that's f- still trying to find our consistency and find our way. And uh, that's we we know what a good game feels like. We just haven't been able to do it here recently. But uh, Sheldon does a great job of showing us the clips, showing us the video, and talking to us about what it feels like and looks like when we're playing well and what it doesn't. And um, I don't think we're a fragile group, but I think we're a group that's just trying to find our uh, consistency in our play. I got, we're fragile, but I'm not allowed to say we're fragile it's like out when, of that. Uh, when someone says, don't think of the color red, and it's the only thing you can think of, he was like, he was like don't say fragile, fragile. Oh God, I said it again, fragile. God, man. <laughs> Sammy, are you fragile right now? Your beloved Leafs yeah. struggling? I, I am extremely worried about this hockey game tonight, guys. I really am. It's just the type they've lost over the last yes. few seasons. And, you know, they, Keith talked about it this morning, talking about how they went into Pittsburgh where it was a team that had nobody and they lost 7-1. I just... Going into another game with nobody. Going into another game with no nobody. Taves. That they have, no Taves, no, no Kane. Kane. It's yeah. a game they... Ha- I don't think games that they have to win at this point for this team is a good thing. You know, I wow, really think totally them agree. going into this game being like, if we lose this game, what the hell is going to happen on Saturday night when we come home? They can't. That mentality is an incredibly worrying one for me and this Leafs team right now, fellas. I want everybody to listen to this next clip and tell me this comment from Sheldon Keefe doesn't have fragile written all over it well, a couple of things that you know you got to talk to him and reassure him you know that of the good things that he's doing uh give him opportunities to succeed in terms of his ice time and the situations you're putting him in but you know really the, the focus what i talk to any of our our players that are looking to break out here is just putting bringing it back to the team and relying on our our structure and playing together as a group and then opportunities come from there and then the players are just too good to not uh, produce over time so that's really it is not to put too much on yourself uh, recognize your role and your responsibility in each area of the ice and do your job for the team and then like I said you know the players whether it's Mitch or any or other guys uh, they're just too good to not uh, to not break out so that's the focus reassure him jb first off can we get some vix vapo rub in the man's mask he's battling <laughs> he's, sounds like he's in one up all night yeah. he sounds a little uh a little congested a little stuffed up um that that did sound a little bit like someone who recognized fragility and was trying to uh promote confidence in uh, in someone like Mitch Marner, there the uh, the idea of putting these guys in a position to succeed and showing them their clips and reminding them of the good things they can do and these guys are too good to not succeed. Yeah, it's a guy dealing with a fragile group and trying to help. If it doesn't work, he's out of ideas. Oh, I know. The because carrot, I'm the good stick. enough. I'm smart enough, <laughs> and doggone it. People like me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the likable approach. This is. It's uh it is now good cop. Good cop. Here's here's my question. Can you vacillate? Can you go back and forth as one person between good cop and bad cop? You either gotta be good cop or bad cop, I feel like. He's leaned in pretty heavy on good cop though, in fairness. So do they have a bad cop has, on staff? Has he really tried? I I, I know I we all listen to the all or nothing and there was, a, cop, there, there was a lot of there's a little bad cop, cop 
in uh <laughs> now I gotta be careful when I say that. Bad cop yes. in all or nothing. But yeah. how much have we really seen to start this season? Like I I do believe that it is a science for a head coach. It's it's not X and O's, it's managing people. And I am of equal that there are times when somebody needs a hug, but there's also times when someone needs a stiff kick in the ass. I know. You know what I can't get past in that Spezza comments? And this, I don't want to be this guy, but I'm going to be this guy, is that Spezza hasn't won, hasn't won either. You know, when you have the guy talking about, the, you know, there's some fragility when you haven't won and talking and, you know, going through that whole process, it, it would be something like from Muzzin, who's like, there's fragility until you win, but then you kind of figure it out. It's like, I hope that's not Spezza just talking about how he feels. That may be a huge problem in, in the last few years is, is, is truly the voice. And I buy into what you're selling right now. Yeah. It's like, is Spezza going to help those young kids get over the hump. Who helped Spezza get over the hump? Oh, wait, he hasn't gotten over any hump. He's never won a Stanley Cup. And you mentioned this before the show, so I'm going to do it for you. Uh, not taking anything away from him and his effort and how he plays in his leadership, because this isn't about Spezza. It's about a lack of who's, who's the guy outside Muzzin to help this team across the finish line, right? Like, I, I just, I struggle sometimes with this group having brought in so many veteran guys over the years, and it's like, okay, well, there's Tavares, there's Thornton, okay, and another there's Simmons, guy. and there's another, Spezza. It's like, oh, none of them. An, another one's Tavares. Yeah. Like, never passed the second round. People telling me the Islanders are better without him. He doesn't make people better around him. You want to get paid 10 or $11 million, you have, to the, you have to have the ability to make people around you better. And right now, it doesn't even look like well, Tavares can help himself look better right now you're right i agree you make that kind of money you should make people better but they have the head coach we just played his quote talking to mitch marner and saying we're showing him his clips we're trying to help him get better trying to help these guys through and it's a crisis people you know my my mentions you know once in a while here is that you know too much panic from us over six games of it going wrong with the leafs and that you know the the, the process is good and all those things it's it's just the just, trends and the years of this. But, and But, yeah, the, the years. Look look at the last couple of years. So it was Thornton that was supposed to help the guys. Also has had issues getting over the hump. Marlowe. Like, but I, I, really good for yeah. selfies and, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, a, a music little Instagram hit. Right, social media hit. Like, yeah. But winning, you know what though? There Go was, ahead, Sammy. Well, I mean, there was a much publicized story about a certain guy who's a veteran who's won at every single level that he's ever played at. Last year, with Corey Perry wanting to be in Toronto and them not signing him. Right? Wasn't there the, that was that story was out there that Perry wanted to be in Toronto? I told that story. That's what I mean. Yeah. So there you go. Hey, he wanted. And he's he, won every he, he, single he, level. He wanted to be a Leaf more so than the Montreal Canadiens. Couldn't get anybody to bite. They went Wayne Simmons. Mm-hmm. That was the choice. Kyle made a choice. Take Wayne Simmons at 1.5. I do not like that choice. Okay. I am, I'm team Corey Perry. Not as so, a, a respectable think, hockey player, so, so but now a useful you, one. Now you're uh, you're looking at the Stanley Cup final, and Mark Bergeron's looking like a genius because he's got Corey Perry on the team, and he's playing a big part. And the best GM in the league in Tampa Bay is going, I could use that guy. So what people don't remember is that uh, he had to go for a PTO, and then when he signed eventually, it was like we're not going to really. He a PTO in oh, Montreal? yeah. Oh, man. No, no, no. Bergevin, he, he, didn't, he didn't think he was going to get what he got. Yeah. So that, that was a little bit of a stumble. So they go to the final, and Corey Perry wants to come back to Montreal. Won't, won't offer him a, a, a decent bump. Corey Perry's going, did you? Were you there for okay, that? Did you That's see? Scoring in playoffs? Right. Need scoring. And, and Corey Perry doesn't 
buy into the same camp of as Jason Spezza, who would come out and say, "Well, I'd take less if I could, because that's how I want to win." I gotta play so that badly. like Eeyore. He's a hero okay. for doing that. <laughs> Stop it! You don't like it? No, eh? I don't like it. I don't like it. What's not to like? You think it's self-serving, don't you? Are you kidding me? Come on. All you're doing is... We've had this conversation. All you're doing is making others look like they're greedy because you want to play for free. Hey, that's great for the coaches. And perhaps it could help me get a job with the Leafs after. But not good for the room. Not good for the room. Don't say it. Just sign it and say, this is... This is, I'm, I'm fine with this and move on. Corey Perry doesn't buy the Jason Spatz. I'll play for free. Okay. He wants a raise. He played well. He deserves a raise. Mm-hmm. Bergevin doesn't want to give it to him. I want to be my agent. So goes down to Tampa. Corey Perry can still play. Corey Perry can grab a room and Corey Perry can help show people how to win. He did it for the Montreal Canadiens to Here, a Stanley Cup final. Here's my take on this. I don't think you can import leadership and have it effectively change the room. Like, I, I think that Canadiens team was probably, you know, close to the type of team that would be built for playoffs with or without Corey Perry. I just think that the core of this Toronto Maple Leafs team is the core of this team. And I don't think you can change the culture by bringing in someone who's won before. As much as it doesn't hurt. So I started off by making the point that it's just, it's on my mind that they haven't had someone around that's really won a whole ton outside of Muzzin. But I, I don't know, that could they go out and get a guy who's won before, who's not a useful player and make a difference? I think they have to be so good that they are a part of the core, the way that Jake Muzzin is so good, he plays a lot. It's, yes, I, I, I buy that. Yeah. I do buy that. And it's like putting a, a C on a, on a player and and playing them ten minutes or twelve minutes. It's just when Andrew Ferentz is with Edmonton. I need like, ah, I need I, I need a guy that can lead and and be in the trenches when the game is on the line, mm-hmm. either to protect a, a, a one goal lead or you're trying to score. Uh, to me, that's the perfect package: is your your captain, your vocal captain, your leader, inspirational, physical uh, leader is going out there and doing it night in and night out. You mentioned Muzzin. Muzzin's the only one that's won. But, and, and Muzzin, I like listening to Muzzin. He doesn't mince his words, does he? No. He's, he's short, he's to the point, and you listen. But I don't know how comfortable he is to be that guy. Like in the dressing room, media, or generally? Just generally. Yeah. Like when you think about real leaders of the team right now, you... you Probably just automatically go to Tavares and and uh, and like Matthews, Matthews though is the guy Matthews yeah. and and Spezza right they're right now they Riley. look they look Riley but I'm not sure Muzzin wants to get in there like if I was Muzzin right now I'd be like okay until any of you guys have won a Stanley Cup you're gonna friggin' listen to me yeah. okay because I at least have been there done that. And I've watched players like Kopitar and Drew Doughty lead. So I've got the secret sauce, man. I got the Cadbury secret. I got the Da Vinci code in my back pocket. And you guys don't. So listen up. Yeah. But I don't think he wants to do that. I, no. I think it's also hard for him to do that with the way he started the season too, right? Like the past it, it certainly years, makes it harder when you're pa- not playing the well. past couple of years, I think that's a fair mm. point where he's been one of their most important guys. On the okay, it's end. only six but games. For sure. It right. hasn't for fallen sure. off. He no, can of still, course no. not. He can like, still go out and do it. Right now, he probably, in his heart of hearts, isn't thinking like, I need to be the one to say stuff the way I'm playing at the moment. Like, right now, they need a kick in the butt from a guy that you, that's been there and been through this. Well, what's so hard is, who's allowed to speak up in this room? Because I'm of the belief that when you're playing poorly, you don't talk. You know, that right? Like, Kipper, like, if you've been in a room where there's a guy, it's usually like your seventh defenseman who's in for a game who pipes up between periods and he's like, See, I'm the Come opposite. on, we need better from everyone. It's like, I'm sorry, what? You're playing eight minutes tonight and you're terrible. No, 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 no. Well, it all depends. You can't be no, a bad no. player but, but, telling but, but, guys what to but, do. But, but for you, you, you've already prejudged that guy. So you're not going to listen to him anyways. You're right. But if he's a guy that plays hard and 
sure. and, and overachieve, sure, if you're, you're not going to have guy. that attitude. You're right. not going to have that attitude. You know what your attitude's going to be? Holy shit, man! That guy says nothing. All like he hasn't he hasn't spoken yes. for like two then months. It, it must be really bad. Yeah. And he to the point where he's piped up. That's how bad we are. He's talking now. <laughs> that is, there's a moment in the room all the time. It's like, oh great. So that Doug is speaking. We Doug, must be awful. Holy, where <laughs> did Doug come from? But this is the thing with this lineup is that. Marner can't talk right now. He's one of the leaders making all the money at this point. He's the core of the team. Can't talk, not playing well. Tavares, the captain, probably not feeling super comfortable telling the boys what to do when he's not producing. Matthew's not really producing. scored last game. But, you know, Willie's not a, a vocal leader anyway. A lot of the other guys are new. The whole front line is new. You know, Bunting and, you know, Camp and Kasha. It's just like, leadership-wise, it's hard to find on this team. We're not in the room, and I'm not saying I know what the leadership is like. I'm just saying on its face, evaluating guy to guy, there's no one you're like, ah, it's their team. They're probably the one guiding the ship there when the doors are closed. You know who we're going to ask? We're going to ask Colby Armstrong. Oh, I love He's it. been in a dressing room. He's heard from some of the leaders in, in, in a tough environment like Toronto. He's lived it, man. We'll, we'll get his thoughts coming up after the break. Colby, of course, former NHL forward with the Leafs as well, current Sportsnet analyst. We'll get his thoughts on real Kipper and Bourne on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Toronto Maple Leafs, Chicago Blackhawks, something's got to give. <laughs> I guess. Everybody take a deep breath during the break. Sammy, you good? Well, Sammy's making phone calls back there. Sammy's making phone calls. Am I, uh, what's, uh, what's the spin on, uh, I got, the, the, the Jason Spezza? I got something for you. What do you got? You so this guy's me. not, this guy's not pleased with you, Kip. Please stop, stop the negative spin on Spezza taking less being a bad thing. Spezza is a Leafs fan's dream for what he did. <laughs> and you're picking faults that do not reflect well on the person making the comment. I agree. Just stop this narrative, Kipper. Not on. Come on. Hashtag Leafs. Jason Spezza is a big boy. He gets to say whatever he wants. I, I get all of that. But I'm also a believer, Sammy, that for every action, there is an equal or opposite reaction. And the opposite reaction when you say, I would take less if I could, is that you become, as that tweet says, a Leaf fan's dream at the cost of and else. Matthews and Marner and Nylander and Tavares become a Leaf fan's nightmare. <laughs> that's that's my only point. You know who would uh, who would take less if he could? Colby Armstrong. Colby, are you not you a us? chance? <laughs> no way, Borny. No, Kipper. Colby. You know, Colby. I say this loud and I say it clear. Who negotiated and I your? Mean, like Mike Tomlin said the other day, never say never, but never. <laughs> Who was the general manager when you? Saw... What was your deal with the Leafs? What was it? Nine million. Yeah. Times three. Yep. Three times three. Yeah, oh, not nine. You, you you would take more heat than Marner right now if you were on the <laughs> roster. <laughs> you would. You would. You'd be. Uh, and who'd you negotiate that with? Who was the general manager at the time? Uh, I believe it was Berkey at the time. It was. And, uh, yeah. And did, did you did you go in? Also and the. He's also the he's also the same guy that ended up buying me out. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh you double oh, dipped. I did. I got a contract in Montreal right after. Yeah, it was it worked out. Three as bad as it was. Sheets it a about, year. Do you still like wake up in the morning and go, I made three sheets a year? <laughs> I wake up in the morning and go, damn these. Sportsnet paychecks aren't what they used to be. <laughs> <laughs> about, I played golf with Bill Garrett one day, and he's telling me about all his kids, and I was like, hell, you got yeah. three kids, four kids, they're in all the horseback riding. I was like, that's got to be expensive. He's like, not to be a dick, but I'm rich. 
was like, yeah, I guess yes, I, you he, are. He was getting paid by yeah. St. Louis, San Jose, so, and the Islanders at the time. The Islanders. So, yeah, yeah, he uh, he was triple dipping. Yeah. So, uh, JB, were you telling me that Peter Holland came out with a tweet and said? Um, Mitch Marner isn't home counting his money. And right. now, I'm, I'm going to be serious now. Yep. He made a, a very valid point that, uh, like, let's let's humanize this thing. Mm-hmm. Sammy, do you happen to have the uh, the tweets uh, handy there for Peter Holland? If not, I can, I'll just riff on it. All, all good. The um, Yeah, he basically said that this guy is, you know, as, as you said, not home counting his money, but we have to be concerned about the person and be part of the positive energy and move things in the right direction and not just be hating on the player. Uh, what are your thoughts on that, Colby? Like, what dollar amount, when a player is making a lot of money, are we allowed mm-hmm. to be critical of their play? And, and you lived it here, especially in this market. Yeah, yeah and it's, it can be tough. It can be overwhelming. And, um, you know, uh, let, let's face it, uh, up until, you know, he did sign that massive deal. He was playing for fun. And really, you're not collecting checks like he is right now. So, you know, things can change. And, and, and I think, you know, there is a point you know, to what Peter Holland's tweeting for sure that, you know, this guy, it's not like he's not trying to do well. It's not like he's not trying to make it work or make it happen. And um, you can dig yourself into a pretty big hole. The pressure can be enormous. And and that's not just from the public guys, as you know, but like these guys, like a lot of the players, you know, they, they the massive amounts of pressure just internally that they put on themselves is enough to sink most human beings. So you're, you've got, you know, that individual challenge and, you know, that's what drives these guys. Uh, and when, when, when it doesn't go good, trust me, like, that's why I look at like, <clears throat> I, I crack jokes. I'm like, I see Obi with this big head of gray hair and I'm like, God, it looks like, how does he have gray hair? He probably doesn't have a stress in the world. Like this guy just scores goals at will. Like life is easy. It's so good. But you know, the pressure that goes along with that for sure is, is, is something that I think we're witnessing before our eyes with a good, good young star, good young talent. That's, you know, they say it lots about guys squeezing the stick a little much, overthinking. Um, you know, it's like quicksand, right? And and you know, you can get there pretty quick. And and I remember I remember talking to you know some guys and being like, oh, what do you mean? We're only like five games into the year, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, like time flies by pretty fast. And you go, it's getting a little late to say it's early, right? And then that happens like really quick, and the mind can really get going. I didn't score. Guys, I didn't score for 21 games, I think, on a line. No joke, never got taken off the line once with Sidney Crosby. <laughs> That's tough Price to pull off, leaping man. <laughs> on that one. Like, I'm not even lying to you. Like, just to, just to the Peter Holland tweet, before I went to practice in the morning, I was, like, getting sick to my stomach. Oh. I was so nervous at practice the next day if I was going to be taken off his line, if, uh, you know, I was going to get sent to the minors. Uh, if I was going to get like caught and all like, you know, everything worst possible outcome could go through your brain. So the brain plays some funny tricks on you, but your mindset is so important. And let's hope that, you know, a guy like Marner, who I love to watch, uh, and I think he's an incredible player can, you know, get that confidence and that comfort level back with himself in his game. Sid must have loved your jokes that year. He must have. There oh. must have been something that kept you on his line. <laughs> I had great jokes. <laughs> I had unbelievable jokes. Yeah, you know what I used to do? And he, he makes fun of, of me a little bit for it. I wouldn't say make fun of me, but he'd be like sleeping. And I'd be like, hey, Sid, you sleeping? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, it's midnight. Of course I'm sleeping. And I'm like, I just want to talk. <laughs> There, so that's where I was at sometimes. There are some guys that what you're talking about uh, carry it 24-7, and there's others that can just check yeah. it the moment they leave oh. the rink. And I, I don't know what's right or wrong. It's such an individual thing. Sometimes it works for players yeah. when they look like sometimes it, from our perception or our view, they, they don't care enough. I mean... I remember you telling me this one story, you being in the, the dressing room with uh, a pretty prominent player, and after, what, 15, 20 minutes in the first period, he's like, nah, I don't have it tonight, guys. <laughs> can, 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 you, can you tell well, you know what? Who, who was said, that, like, Colby? Who was that? Oh, my. <laughs> you don't have to do it. It's okay. No, it's all right. All right. We, we won't. You know me. We won't uh, name names. I'm not but, going there. But hey, I will say this. I will say this. There's been times where I've thought, like, 
literally, and I say this, and it, and it's I'm saying it lightly, but like the dumber you are, the better you are. You know, <laughs> I believe that too. Do you believe this? Like, 100%. I, I swear, like the less you think about it, like you'd be so surprised. And this was me too. I did NHL Media Day, guys. Right? I did NHL Media Day, and and one of the questions, just for fun, is like. Tell us something nobody knows about you. Like, do you have a hobby? Is there any interest in your life? And this was me. Like, I used to fill out, like, the player profile that they'd show you, like, your picture, and then uh, beside you was, like, hobbies. I used to put laying on the couch. You know? It's like... <laughs> Is like, this that's to back up your point of being dumb, being good? Yeah, yeah. No, like, just being, like, I had nothing else to do. I didn't have, like, you know, as... As bad as maybe video games are, maybe video games are kind of okay. It gets your mind off of things. Maybe, like, you know, like, some of these, you know, certain things, like, maybe it's okay, but as long as you have something or you have something to kind of get you away, and sometimes in certain markets it's obviously a lot harder to get away, um, that those hobbies, I think, or those kind of checkout moves that you can have, you know, personally are important. Yeah, I also believe that there's a correlation between the lower uh, IQ players I've played with and their ability to sleep on the bus and planes and stuff. So they're always more well. They just turn their brain off and sleep. No anxiety. It was unbelievable. Unreal. Um, anxiety, anxiety, unbelievable yeah. through the roof with uh, with it. Yeah, and uh, I, I I say that lightly because like obviously like, you know you're not you're not stupid. But, like, literally it seemed like they could just, like, leave the space. And it was like they put their skates on and stuff, and they go and deliver the exact same thing. And it's like nothing phased them. And I was so jealous of those guys. I was so jealous that it seemed like those guys were, like, had not a worry in the world. And, you know, that could maybe be wrong. But at the same time, uh, I admired the guys that could do that, man. That's that's a talent. So somebody was on to something when they first – said the kiss theory yeah <laughs> right it's oh, real totally keep it simple man no no keep it <laughs> yeah. simple stupid it's not kiss them right yeah <laughs> yeah the That's uh so true kipper so can can Tavares and marner use the kiss theory tonight well i think you have to right like i i, I remember and kipper you played this way too but i remember when it was going tough for me i remember a trainer came up to me and like army like get in a fight and I'm not saying that they should do that, but like sometimes it's like the the obvious kind of thing, or like the you know like a little nudge of of something that you're not thinking about doing. Like you're thinking about scoring goals so much that it almost freezes you in in just playing free, right? So it's like, how do you get in those areas, or how do you get to those spots? And it might take a little bit something else to kind of jolt you into a game in a different way that can kind of trickle down, draw you know, yourself into it a little bit more and you end up in different positions because you're a little bit more brash, a little bit more uh, reckless, a little bit more uh, outside of your comfort or your, your, your head space. So that used to be kind of a little trick, right? <clears throat> so can those guys, you know, find a recipe? Hey, a lot of guys too. I talked to guys with like superstitions and stuff like sleep upside down in your bed night <laughs> uh, for mm-hmm. pregame nap. Like that might shake it loose, right? You're trying everything. Uh, they'll start. They'll look for that in game 15 or 20. Don't, the, the don't, upside down sleep. don't go to the well too soon. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a lot of the guys that are playing uh, different roles uh, would be in Pittsburgh right now because they're, you guys are yeah. missing Crosby and Latang and Malkin and Rust and on and on. Um, how has the team managed to have so much success there right now? Like, it just doesn't feel like the, the Penguins team we think of, when, you know, the success they've had for a decade now. Yeah, exactly. And, um, yeah, it just seems like uh, like the uh, the one word I guess it's just culture. I think it's just it's been like that here for a number of years, and um, you know this this ability to buy in and win and know how to win. And I think you know it, it resonates to the team. Starting with I think Mike Sullivan has you know had some great years of you know injury riddled teams here in the last few years with some playoff disappointments. Yes, but <clears throat> nonetheless has found a way to get you know squeeze the juice out of some guys or people in the lineup. Um, and names that we're not used to seeing and hearing. And yeah, you're right. Like they, they've done a, they've been like dogs on a bone with their game. And, and, and like to that point, like watching to back to the Leafs, I guess, and watching Pittsburgh versus the Leafs Saturday night, which was embarrassing for the Leafs uh, on hockey night in Canada. But um, to see like the way they work, the way they played, the structure, the backbone of this team that they just roll four lines and, and pairings over the boards and play that, that, that style of hockey that, 
you know, is winning hockey. And especially when you're missing your stars and you have to have guys step up. Uh, they're missing literally a number one unit power play from every single part of it. But, um, yeah, they're getting lots out of these guys. Like, I was sitting there watching last night. It's too bad they got Tampa Bay came into town a little upset uh, after the, the way right. it's been going for them and losing, losing to Buffalo. And you could tell the way they were playing. Like, they, they were PO'd in the game. And, and, I mean, Vasilevsky was, like, rock-solid, determined, like, all the way through their line. Like, ag- aggressive, physical, fast. It looked like they had, you know, more guys on the ice at certain times. But um, they, they, they've done a good job at like stepping on teams that are searching. And there's a lot of teams that I think this year has been weird off the start, but a lot of teams that have been searching, um, you know, early this year that were expected to be better than they are performing. But the Penguins with the, with their game and gameplay and, you know, players with extra opportunity. Kipper, doesn't this make you think like if you had only gotten those extra opportunities, you know, 12 <laughs> minutes, no, it's 17 minutes. We'd well, be talking about your buyout and your contracts. <laughs> it, it, sometimes you're only as good as they want you to be, but that's yep. that's a coach's call. And yep. I, I will say this. When I was young, man, I was just, I'd look over my shoulder, I'd see a coach, and I'm like, just, just shut up and open the door, you know? Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and then when you get older, and, then, and, then, and then you start watching from afar as a broadcaster, you're like, those guys are way more important than I thought. Yeah. And yeah. I'm watching Brindamore in in Carolina, and they didn't look that great yet. They were so sound structurally. And then Isn't that what the Leafs want to be, Kipper? Uh, Is that not what they want to be? Don't even, they want it? Even Pittsburgh, Mike Sullivan, yeah. hell of a coach. Yeah. And they're hard to find, man. They are hard to find. But it is so important how to manage minutes, who to have on the ice at the right time, all of that. And and Sullivan looks awfully good without Gino and Sid. He's he's looking like he's a hell of a coach, even that much more. Yeah, and I mean Drew O'Connor, the emergence of him. People are probably going, who? I mean, he's a he's a guy out of college and and looks to be a a really you know those mid-range power forward guys that like are you can't find anymore like how do guys not see to be that guy right now like if you're like a mid-range complimentary power forward type guy with a little bit of ill will in your game and a Mm -hmm. little bit of you know that attitude to your game or how can you not find that to like you'll be literally in this league right now with the look of every player you could literally be on the first line you could literally compliment and play with good players and be on the first line instead of like typically where you'd be in the bottom six or on the fourth line. And, you know, the Penguins have a lot of guys that are versatile and able to move around. Like Evan Rodriguez was in Toronto for a cup of coffee. Then back here he is. And he was centering the top line. I know they're missing a lot of guys, but he looks really good. Rockstar right now. He looks, he looks really like a, like a hell of a player. Uh, Like it's just like, you know, so he's pushing the right button. Sullivan is they're getting good performances from guys. Jari seemed to, seemingly bounced back from his playoffs last year and all the talk about if he can overcome it. So yeah, they've got injuries and yeah, they've got COVID protocol stuff going on like crazy, but uh, you know, they're getting performances and uh, out of this group and out of this team and individually from guys that, uh, you know, it's kind of unexpected. Colby, how much of, you know, you're talking about these guys and if anyone has any ill will, they're more valuable. You're like an awesome test case for me of a guy I think is a super nice guy uh, who had an edge to your game and played physically, how much of that was authentic? And just, I, my point is, I don't know if you can fake it. Like, if you don't have yeah, that I, in the game, what can he, you? What he's trying to say is, can you help Nick Ritchie? <laughs> <laughs> well said. Yeah, I, I watched Nick Ritchie, and I think there's more there than, you know, what we're seeing. And we've, you know, we've seen him, and, and we've seen him be effective, obviously, and, you know, be targeted not only by the Leafs, but, you know, other teams I'm sure would like his, like the services that they saw from what he was in, in, in Boston. But um, for him to get comfortable within, and, and you know what, I remember when I was trying to, I, you know, wanted to get out of Atlanta, I had one more year left, I was going to be a free agent, and where do I want to go? And I, you know, I was like going, are they going to trade me at the deadline? Like, I don't know if I want to sign back here. And I remember my agent kind of saying to me, like, hey, listen, like the grass isn't always greener on the other side. Like fit is fit. And sometimes when it's not a fit, you're you're kind of stretching yourself for what you really are. And I know they want to rely on him to play a certain way. And he's got to he's got to find it himself to find that. And, um, you know, like I said, go get in a fight, go go insert yourself in the game, because when that stuff starts happening for Nick Ritchie, 
or even talking about myself, like when the trainer said that to me and you can't fake it, it's like you got to find a way to insert yourself in the game any way you can. And, you know, the physicality part of the game for me was something that kind of came as like a, a rat style that I had that was that was there that complemented my other parts of my game and brought everything else out. So, you know, for players like that, that's what they, you know, that's when it becomes a lull is when, you're not moving your feet because you're thinking you're a player instead of moving mm-hmm. your feet because how, you know you're you're this you know farm animal that's a beast. <laughs> how shocked would you be to see like a five on five brawl with the Leafs involved? Like, oh just my God. God. That would be like, nah, that can't happen. <laughs> I mean, I would be absolutely. I wouldn't like you know if that happened, you jump out of your chair. I would be frozen like mannequin <laughs> challenge in my chair. <laughs> your your jaw would drop. Fans would love it, even if they, they lost would. every fight. They'd Wouldn't love they? It. I mean, they, after the Penguins could, game, I think it would have my jaw would have dropped if they would have won a battle at that in that game. I well, mean, it's, what do you think of the Leafs? Well, I don't know. Like, I think the idea of the Leafs, and and this is, you know, maybe Kyle Dubas's idea of what his team should look like is, um, you know, I it's an idea. It's it's his idea, but like, I I don't think they have. You know, and it's been proven. It's been proven come playoff time and, you know, every year will they get over it. But the makeup and style of the team, and, and everyone talks about numbers, right? Like, okay, they have the most chances. They're going to score. They're going to score. But can they defend well enough? Can they do this good enough? And, oh, who cares? We're just going to score a ton of goals. But you, you see over the years here, even in this new era of hockey, you have to have all the ingredients. And I think they are trying to find certain ingredients that can come in and fit within this scheme and this idea that they want to have. I just don't know if it's the right idea to, 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 to win. He, he overskilled. If, he overskilled. Overskilled. Yeah. He'll take skill over, you know, you know, box X anytime. Like he won't even go to box X. He'll take skilled. And I get it. I get it. But look at Patrick Maroon and you watch him and he is fine kicking pucks around in the corner and he's fine flip-flopping and banging into guys in the corner, taking pucks to the net from behind the net. Um, but what he delivers, um, I think, you know, through the season, day to day, game to game and his role, you need, you need some meat and potatoes. And Kip, I know we've talked about this a lot, right? Like, and I've brought this up before the, the pit bulls, you need a couple pit bulls through your lineup and guys that do it every day. And you need that because it feeds, it feeds the beast on the team. And it's nice to have skill. It's nice to have all those fancy toys, but you've got to have a little bit of guys with some dirt under their nails. So what happens tonight? <laughs> what are they calling this game? What's this game tonight? Yeah, it's, it's, it's gotta be, it's literally a must win for, for the Leafs. And I mean, the, the Blackhawks can't c- come to town soon enough, right? Like it's, it's do or die. So it's, it's setting up pretty darn good for these guys that have, you know, struggled to score goals. One, are you looking at point night? Are you looking at cookies? Are you looking at everything to go your exact way? So you get everyone feeling good. Cause that's ultimately the goal. When you see a team like the Blackhawks on the schedule, I don't think Chicago has been out of their own zone yet. Oh, it's been bad. Hey, like I looked at them going, Whoa, these guys are going to surprise the additions they have. And like, they can't break a puck out. Like I was watching like flurry, it's either odd man rush, like no chance, or he makes the first save and it like banks off his own. How many own goals do the Blackhawks have this year? Is there a stat for that? <laughs> More than the Leafs have real goals, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It hasn't been good um, in Blackhawks uh, season this year in a lot of ways. All right, Colby, next time you're on our show, tell us how you really feel. <laughs> thanks buddy all right thanks, Colby, Colby. Appreciate it. great talking to you guys thanks good, good talking to you he told me this story when he was with the, with the leafs and i'm not naming names but someone had, he thought about it he, someone came into the dressing room after 20 minutes Sammy's Sammy. dying to say I mean, his opinion. After 20 minutes. Who do you th- I mean, I think we all know. I, I had no be idea. Quiet. So. I'm not naming names. <laughs> I know. I won't name names either, but and I have a sneaky Just suspicion. started telling the team, I just don't have it tonight, guys. Boys, it's on you. I'm out. Um, no, I'm I sorry, can't I'm done. imagine saying that in a dressing room. Um, um, Boys, I'm, I'm going to sit this one out. I just don't have it tonight. You guys are you, you guys are on your own right now. I'm just, uh, I just don't have it. <laughs> I mean, I'm I like, felt like that. Uh, we've got 40 minutes to go. I suggest you find it. <laughs>
<laughs> you got to be someone who's had success, made a lot of money, confident in your role and yourself to be able to to speak up like that. Like you're not a third year guy who's never won going. That'll do. Or you still got 25 schmill on your contract, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> well, that would help too. That would help too. Yeah. So we all know who it is. Anyways, I just wanted to do a little housekeeping here, fellas, before we uh, move on to news and notes around the NHL before Good we producing. get to. Uh, go, go, baby. Uh, just if you're like, if you're liking the show, if you're loving the show, which uh, we hope you are, uh, make sure you go to wherever you can get your, uh, your podcast, iTunes, Spotify, rate, review. Tell us you love the show because that's really helpful for us. And we've been loving bringing the show. So we just want you guys to, uh, you know, just give us a little pat on the yeah. back for what we've been doing so well, far. So mm-hmm. rate and review uh, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, just go on there and give us a like. Yeah. Choose, choose the al- algorithm, people. <laughs> Help S- us out. Especially me. And, <laughs> yeah. and, especially and, if, and if you want to mention Sammy and, and JB and Derek, we'll take tech guy. secondary nods. <laughs> yeah, they'll take secondary nods. Yeah. Sounds good. Um, and also, maybe text later, or do we? Yeah, we got, we, got, we got a lot of texts. I mean, people have been texting in about everything. You know, a lot of people weighing in on the Blackhawk situation, saying it's a pretty big joke that he's coached tonight. But this one, this one was interesting to me. And this is a Leafs question about the Leafs core four. And we were talking about all of them earlier in the leadership. And so, if they ever got to the point of a trade was in the is was in the sort of the cards here. So this person asked uh, Gareth from Hamilton. Leafs have too much invested in their core four forwards. At least one, which I don't agree with, needs to go. Which three do you keep and why? How do you leverage what's left to get the best out of them? Gareth from Hamilton. I appreciate the comment, and respectfully, I must say, this is not a new idea. I mean, boy, this is... Okay, well, you know, first of all, that conversation started from the moment, if I'm not mistaken, Mitch Marner was signed. He was the last. Yeah. Nylander first, Tavares second, Matthews third, Marner last at 10-9. That conversation was born the moment Marner signed at 10-9. How can you have so much money up front? Mm-hmm. And it's a fair point, by the way, that Gareth is making. People are, there, people are on both sides of this debate. Stewie's been trying to t- trade Willie Nylander for two years now. Okay, but... Now that you look at it, that would be probably the contract that most would like. Oh, yeah. Other teams would like. Other teams would like. The thing is you can't trade Tavares. He has a no-movement clause. He's a Toronto guy who left as a captain of another team. He can't, so, okay. he can't so, even ask so, him. So guess what? You're really – trading Nylander wouldn't solve really no, your maybe. cap problem as much as one of the big three. No, you're right, because you need to replace that talent. So, let's move Nylander to the side for a second. Tavares is untradeable, as you had said, in my opinion. So, that leaves you Matthews and Marner. <laughs> you ain't trading Come Matthews. On. Well, you, you, What do you mean, well? That's well, a, whoa, whoa. There's no well <laughs> there. There's not even a oh, well. Oh, no, there's a well there. There's no well to oh, even Oh, no. <laughs> I'm not going to that well. There's a well there. <laughs> no well. Uh, are we even going to listen if to you, this? If you think... For one second, you're, you're, you're not at least having this conversation behind closed doors, whether uh, you're MLSC or Sh- Brendan Shanahan or Kyle Dubas. You're nuts. You're nuts for suggesting they would even hear that for 10 seconds. I think the only time they'd ever consider it is if they were, it was in the last year of his deal and they were scuffling. Too late. Too late? Too late. Like, they're not going to trade Matthews at the deadline for a couple firsts here or something? Like, <laughs> Too <laughs> late. Rental? No no. no, no, hold on. Hold on. Think about this for a second. I don't okay? want to. All right. No. All right, I'm you opening have, my mind. I'm opening my mind. You are doing on the clock okay. with Austin Matthews. You have, including this year, three years. So you got to win the cup in the next two this year or next year? The only question they would, the Leafs management and MLAC should be asking is, what are the odds of this guy sign, re-signing with us? Okay, so... Okay? Yeah. And there's the camp that said, he's done. He's gone after this. And after reading that article in ESPN, maybe I buy into it a little tad more. I'm not, I'm not completely sold 
on he's out of here and running to Arizona or L.A. just yet. But where are you? If you thought for one second, Sammy, that he was done and he will leave. Sure, that's a different conversation. No, that's no, two no, years no. from it's, now. No, no, it's too late two years from now. Now you're behind the eight ball. Everybody knows he's leaving, and that value goes down. So when why why would I trade for just him? Do it now. Why would I trade <laughs> for him? Happening no, no, right no, no. Now. JB, why would I trade for Matthews when I know I can get him free 12 months from now? Why am I giving up a boatload? Think about it. I mean, presumably if he's a UFA, no one knows they can get him unless it's yeah. Arizona who yeah. knows. Go back and study the uh, John Tavares situation with the Islanders. Go back and and read the tea leaves on that one. He's not going. He's staying. Where would the Islanders be now if they got ahead of it? They saw their captain for 10 years, the face of the franchise, walk out the door for free. You willing to do that with Matthews? Well, let's have the conversation of what damn point are you making? What do they think this year, next year, they're going to consider this? Next year would have to be considered if if you think well, then he's I'm not, not hearing staying. until then. Dubas, Shanahan, whatever, they're not even having that can, conversation. Can we go, for can we go year. back to the original question? Which three? Which three? The question was, which forward would you trade? Which, and I'm which throwing three do you out, keep and why? And and to have that conversation, to answer that question. You got to start thinking about you got to be ahead of the game JB. You cannot think about it today. You got to think about next year, the year after and the year after to decide what who you want to move. Can you imagine going forward into a Stanley Cup playoffs and you've made the decision that Tavares, Marner and Nylander are your core and you're going to use that Austin Matthews cap money. I would rather have Austin Matthews than the other 3. Agreed. Agreed. You know, like, so So for me, it, here's my relationship with Austin yeah. Matthews. Okay, uh, we're going to keep you through how much money do you want in three years? 14? Okay, here's, yes. 14 million? Yeah, okay. Yes, I don't, I don't, yes is my answer I, to that. I, if he leaves? The cap's going to go up then. If, I think 14, I would do it. If Austin Matthews leaves, it ain't about the cash. No, I agree. That's a good point. I agree. Okay. There. Yeah. But there's surely an amount that it so might you make can it trade, more about. You it. can trade all three if you want, and then you can look three years from now, and all four are gone. <laughs> oh Jesus! Okay then. <laughs> so, so a you, you your job your, your job you as a management your team consider things, is is right? to read where you are. I keep telling people you are on the clock with Austin Matthews. You're on the clock. Yeah, you're on the clock. There's no denying that. You're so if on you the don't clock. win this year and you don't win next year, you really you really going into Austin Matthews last year without upping him? What? And if 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 he hasn't signed up until then, you're gonna take the chance of walking him like the Islanders walk Tavares? I think Tavares? you have to do that. You have to do what the Islanders do did and say we can't. Trade or captain when are you perceived as the bad guys. When are you eligible to re-up them? Like what's when's the when's the time? A, a for calendar that? Is, it, is it July first or something like that? Uh, going into the last year? Uh, year it, no, it would be uh, it would be the December. It would be December. So it's of, like January first of it, the contract. Eighteen months, yeah. I think December. Oh, is it that? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we just we just got a uh, another text that said us old guys can barely figure out how to text, yet alone follow you on Spotify or <laughs> podcast. So <laughs> come on, my man, <laughs> Apple.com. Just go slash on. podcast. Listen, I don't even know. Find it. That, that's my demographic following <laughs> me. Where where the hell are yours? Yeah, hey, where are all the young guys? Hey Siri, Apple Podcast. I don't know. Is that a thing? This, yeah, I'm exposing myself.